Today's show is sponsored by the Magnetic Cloud Event on Wednesday, September 15th at 10 a.m. Pacific, hosted by Cisco Investments. Magnetic Cloud is a virtual summit for startup founders and investors. During the summit, executives from Cisco's cloud and compute business and the CEOs from Cohesity, Isovalent, TriggerMesh, and Serverless will discuss Cisco's cloud strategy and how startups can drive success with corporate partners, talk about the latest hybrid cloud and cloud-native trends, and explain some of the incredible opportunities that cloud-native technologies enable. To register for this free virtual event, just go to bit.ly slash magnetic cloud. That's bit.ly slash magnetic cloud. Check out the Magnetic Cloud event on Wednesday, September 15th at 10 a.m. Pacific, hosted by Cisco Investments. Cloudcast Media presents, from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delb and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome back to the Cloudcast. We're coming to you live from the massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. We have a good bit of cloud news of the week this week. Uh, things are picking up as we uh, finish summer and uh, for the Europeans finish holiday season over there as well. And we're starting to see um, events uh, starting to tick up for the fall, whether that's you know virtual or, or live as well. Uh, which is actually one of our topics uh, for today after the cloud news. But let's get started with cloud news. First of all, um, in the interest of security, uh, there was a security summit. And uh, the uh, here in the United States, the, the president organized it. And uh, a lot of the big tech companies were there, Microsoft, Amazon. Um, a lot of big commitments came out of this as well. Um, this reminds me very much of kind of in the initial days when, when, when big public clouds were building out and, and private clouds and cloud management systems and all of the big, big companies that were out there were, hey, we're going to put a bunch of money into this and, and a bunch of jobs into this. And and we're starting to see that with security as well. So and as part of this, this cyber cybersecurity summit, Google, Microsoft and others put in some pretty big investments into all of this and, and kind of just uh, scrolling through the article here, um, Google uh, said it would invest. $10 billion over five years. Microsoft has committed $20 billion over five years. Uh, IBM uh, has put some money in. Apple has put some money in. Amazon Web Services say they're going to take some steps to do uh, greater security and security awareness training for its customers. What was really good to see here was the breadth of all of this. This wasn't just the big tech companies. There was uh, as well, JP Morgan Chase was there, TIA was there, and a, a broad spectrum of large companies getting together and taking this seriously and having a really good summit. And what are some positive, proactive, short-term steps that they can take uh, to attack security uh, in our industry? On our next bit, and kind of continuing a trend here, Microsoft was mentioned in the last one. Microsoft is in this one as well, and kind of in the center of this one. Former Amazon executive uh, Charlie Bell, it has been confirmed, is over at Microsoft. Now, role is still a little bit to be determined. Uh, everyone 
um, decided to, you know, not comment on this, uh, both the Amazon and Microsoft, as well as Charlie Bell himself. So we don't know exactly what is going on. And, and for those of you that don't know Charlie Bell, um, he was on the, um, the, what they call Amazon's S team. So the, the very, very top leaders, uh, and, his responsibilities included everything from pricing and software development and the financial results. And so he was, you know, very influential at Amazon and was uh, probably potentially in consideration for the CEO job as well. And has uh, again decided to move on. Um, and I'm sure Microsoft, this is a major coup for them. Um, and I, this will be a, a story that will be interesting to follow uh, for the near future. For our next story, we have um, the A16Z uh, folks. Um, so Andreessen Horowitz's company. They're starting a seed fund. Now, if you're not familiar with A16Z, uh, first of all, go listen to their podcast. It's a fantastic podcast. Um, great emerging tech and talking about startups. And they've done a good bit of funding as a venture capital fund over the years, you know, dating all the way back to, oh gosh, I don't know, 10 years or so at this point. But they have announced a $400 million seed round because seed rounds have been a little bit of their sweet spot. Over the years, they were in seed rounds for Slack, for Okta, for Databricks, Databricks, excuse me, for for Instagram and many others. And so that what they wanted to do is a little bit of of have a seed uh, fund that focuses nothing but on early stage uh, companies. And, you know, if you're a founder that's out there, um, you know, what are you looking for when you're taking that seed round? Well, of course, you you know, the money's nice and all, but but what are the resources that are available? And I think it's, it's pretty safe to say A16Z's um, uh, reach within uh, the founding industry um, is second to none. So it's really great to see this as a, a furthering of the VC industry. And for our last story tonight, um, another Microsoft story, but unfortunately this one maybe isn't as good. Um, and honestly, maybe goes back to our, our, our security summit story a little bit. Uh, there was a vulnerability uh, found in Azure's flagship uh, database, the Cosmos DB uh, database. A uh, third-party company uh, found this and found this vulnerability and brought it to their attention. What was interesting here was this wasn't necessarily something Microsoft itself could fix. It is now up to their customers. Basically, the read-write keys for the databases can be accessed. Uh, and so if those keys are not changed, uh, there's a pretty major vulnerability there. Um, and so now they are asking all of their Cosmos DB customers uh, to change the keys. So this is something, uh, you know, if you are a Cosmos user, you definitely want to pay attention to this. And it's something you'll want to definitely look into, see if you are impacted uh, on that here and in the future. That's it for Cloud News of the Week. And uh, right after the break, it's actually uh, Brian and I today. Uh, no guests this week. And what we wanted to do was kind of sit down and talk a little bit about 
um, where we're at with education and, and staying up to speed in the tech industry and also how COVID and work from home has kind of impacted all of this. And it was a super interesting conversation. And uh, we look forward to doing that right after the break. Today's show is brought to you by CBT Nuggets. You know how much we value ongoing education on the Cloudcast. And CBT Nuggets is exactly what Aaron and I wish we had when we were trying to get our certification early in our careers. CBT Nuggets is all about bringing a personalized touch to learning about cloud computing, virtualization, networking, DevOps, and much, much more. Whether it's their hands-on labs with personalized coaching or the online chat functions that come up with every instructor-led course, CBT Nuggets' team of experts is always there to help you get the most from your training and your PASA certification. You can check it all out at cbtnuggets.com cloudcast and sign up for a free trial. You get access to the full catalog of great training, including virtual labs, quizzes, and other premium features completely free for the first seven days. That's cbtnuggets.com cloudcast. Today's show is sponsored by Spot from NetApp, the cloud automation platform that makes it easy to deliver continuously optimized infrastructure at the lowest possible cost. Spot helps customers get the most out of their cloud investments by automating cloud infrastructure to ensure performance, reduce complexity, and optimize cost. Their machine learning and automation scale to exactly meet application needs using the most efficient mix of instances and pricing models, eliminating the risks of over-provisioning and cloud waste. Best of all, their software works with leading cloud platforms, services, and tools so that you can simplify and automate your cloud infrastructure wherever your workloads and applications run and however you run them. Discover how leading companies from cloud-native startups to global enterprises are automating, simplifying, and optimizing their cloud infrastructure with Spot by NetApp. Check them out at spot.io slash cloudcast, where you can find more information, quest a demo, or even start a free trial. That's spot.io slash cloudcast. And we're back. And Aaron, today is a Wednesday show, which normally means that we have a guest, but Today we're not going to have a guest because you and I are both on the show, which is something that hasn't happened in. Uh, in well, we're sort of co-hosts and co-guests. Yeah, today. am I? I was going to say, am I the guest or are you the guest? But anyway, well, it was, yeah, <laughs> it depend, depend on who's asking questions and who's giving answers. So, <laughs> so do you? Uh, do you remember? Um, we're gonna and we're gonna we're gonna get to the point of the show here in a second. But do you remember why we started the show in the first place? Like, what was the original thought process behind the show? Yeah. So way back, way back when, um, you know, going back ten plus years at this point, we had jobs that were, I'll just say, infrastructure based and based in Raleigh, and we, you know, kind of wanted to learn this cloud thing, but, you know, a lot of the stuff was in Silicon Valley, and Seattle wasn't even necessarily a hotspot yet, and, and like, we were like, we want to continue to learn, and we want to continue to grow, but, oh, by the way, we're in Raleigh, and how can we do that? Because, you know, for all intents and purposes, we were kind of fixed to a location, um, and I think that's kind of a theme of this show is because a lot of us now are fixed <laughs> to a location. Yeah, it was, you know, we, we were sort of like, hey, we're not we're not close to the action. We're not close to what's going on. We don't get to go to these meetups every night like happening in San Francisco. Um, and yeah, how do we how do we stay connected to it? And and back, you know, being remote wasn't that unusual uh because you know vpns had come along and people were letting company you know companies had like remote locations and 
And then about halfway through the show, maybe three or four years into the show, you know, things kind of centralized again and companies wanted you to be in the office every day. And so it, it got me thinking because my kids, my kids were school uh, this week for the first time in 529 days since they'd actually been in school. And I was like, I, I feel like everybody is now us. Everybody is now, you know, people aren't back in the office. We've been doing this thing for a year and a half. Everybody is now the, the the two hosts of the Cloudcast, and they're trying to figure out how to keep up with technology, you know, without being at the center of the technology universe. Yep, yep, without a doubt. And and yeah, to to your point of five hundred and twenty nine days, I mean. I think way back when, we, so we did a show, and it was Ken Hoy and I, um, when this first started, I, it was show 442, and we kind of figured at the time, it was like, oh, we're going to work from home for, you know, say a month or two, or may, you know, maybe three, four months tops, and, and so here's some tips, you know, because Ken and I, and, and you and many others, like we, we worked remotely and we kind of had this thing down. So if you're new to this work remote thing, this is how you can do it. And so here's some tips and tricks. Never really anticipating a year and a half later, we're still here. No. And, um, and I think, you know, I, I think about, you know, all the people that, that I'm on daily Zoom calls and team calls and meet calls and hangout calls and WebEx calls with, like everybody went through the phase of, Okay, I'm I'm trying to find out a, find trying to find a place at my house that's quiet and you know try not to have interruptions because everybody was home and then they then they went through the phase of hmm some people have better microphones than me they sound a little bit better than me right so you know it's kind of the the evolution of not being in the meeting and then people started making their backgrounds look a little nicer they made the lighting look a little nicer but at the same time like they're still going through the the craziness of like I'm literally like in meetings on calls all day long, you know, maybe at seven in the morning till seven at night or whatever your world was. And that's, that's taxing on you. And you start having to sort of reassess, like, how am I going to, how am I going to do this? Because I don't get breaks the way I used to. I don't have human interaction the way I used to. And even though you're not maybe traveling or you're home, you're still like, where am I going to find time to learn stuff? You know, that, that, that I think is, a thing that's dawned on me and I'm sure I'm, I'm assuming it's dawned on a lot of our audience. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we, 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 we were talking before we hit record here and you know, how many zoom calls do you think you've been on since, oh since everything shut down? <laughs> it's been 529 days. Has it been it's more been 529 than 529 days. zooms? <laughs> oh God. I mean, it's a, it's a significant, I, I, so, you know, some of those days are weekend days. So let's, let's say it's really like, 350 days or something. I mean, I, I probably know less than three to five a day. Now, yeah. some are shorter than others, but like, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if it's close to 1,500 or 2,000 yeah. meetings of some sort. Yep. And I will say mine has has actually dropped off some over time because I feel like when when everything first shut down, it was like the only way anyone could ever talk to anyone was to s- schedule a Zoom. Um, I do feel like, yeah, we kind of hit peak Zoom fatigue and moved past that. Um, You know, from a working standpoint, I, I mean, it's no secret. I don't, I don't love Slack, but I've learned to 
use and embrace slack as a necessary evil um (laughs) and so you know there's other there's there's been other ways that everyone's been able to collaborate remotely and it kind of leveled the the playing field Uh, you know before we go into like the learning section talking about work habits for a a second you know i pre-pandemic was flying back and forth coast to coast uh you know every every other week every three weeks um that was pretty freaking grueling, but it was the way to kind of stay on par with everyone else who was making the trek in from the valley, uh, you know, and and doing those commutes. And so with no one doing the commutes, um, it, it kind of leveled that playing field. Um, so that actually, from me personally standpoint, I think a lot of other remote employees that has been helpful. Now the Zoom fatigue and you know changing habits and balancing work life. We'll talk about all that in a little bit. But I mean that has certainly changed somewhat. But it's been interesting to see this play out over time. Yeah, and I, we we probably could do a whole show on on the dynamics of you know being in offices and what it means to you know, from a career perspective or even from a team perspective, like, you know, what does it mean to be visible to your team? What does it mean to be around when around ideas are on a whiteboard and all those sort of dynamics versus, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm here on the other end of a, of a, you know, a zoom call or whatever. Um, I, 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 I went and looked this up because like, I know a lot of people have read, uh, Malcolm Gladwell has a, a book out and I forget what the title of it is, but it's basically, maybe it's 10,000 hours, but it basically talks about like, how many hours do you need to become an expert? Uh, and he says, yeah, you need to have done something for about 10,000 hours to become an expert. But then I went and looked up this, this thing that people used to tell us when we first had kids, which was, you know, if you do things enough times, it'll create a habit. And so I looked up, you know, like how, how many days or how many times do you have to do something before it becomes a habit? And it turns out it's somewhere, somewhere between, you know, 18 and and 250 days to, to create a new habit. But on average, it's about 66 days. Well, we're now, what, eight or nine times 66 days. I, <laughs> right. I, and, I, and I only bring that up because, like, I feel like, you know, for a long time we said, well, when we get back to normal, when we get back to normal, you know, we've now lived through eight or nine cycles of the thing that creates whatever your new normal is. And, yeah. and, and that's something that, you know, I'm thinking more and more about because I'm like, okay, well, maybe this is what it's going to be, even if the pandemic goes away, because we've, we've lost. Like, I'll give you a great example. I was talking to our friend Stu Miniman this morning, who, you know, is a a veteran of of many many a trade show and many many an event and stuff. And I was like, Stu, I, like, there is not one iota of of any bit of my soul that has missed events at all, like <laughs> n- none. Right. And like KubeCon's coming up in a week or two and, and AWS reinvent. I'm like, there's no part of me that's like, oh, I can't wait for that. And and that was part of our lives. Right. That was a, a big part of how we learned and met people. And I don't know, like, I, I mean, maybe that's just because I haven't done it in two years and it's just, you know, I, you know, if it happens, I'll knock the rust off. But what have you what have you adopted in terms of things that you're like, these will probably become the new normal? So so first of all, I, I would say from a trade show standpoint let me let me say something about that real quick 
I enjoyed going to trade shows, but not for the reasons most people would go. Like most people want to attend breakout sessions or yeah. or the big keynotes. Like big keynotes, I actually enjoyed because you could kind of get the the big picture messaging and direction. Show. You could read yeah. between the lines a lot of times yeah. with stuff yeah. like that, right? So I enjoyed that, and it was, it made you focus because you're sitting there in the audience, and you know if I'm doing it online, a lot of times I half pay attention. Um, and I, I enjoyed the show floor. I enjoyed walking the show floor and talking to the different vendors because you can get a lot out of that, sometimes even more so of just like spend an hour yep. or two. It's like super focused, hyper focused on something like that. So I really enjoyed those kinds of things. Um, do I miss trade shows? No, uh, I, I do not. But to answer your question about the new work-related habits, I think the biggest thing for me is... Two things. I've actually developed a routine, which I've never had because I never knew from week to week where I was going to be or, you know, I was going to be flying somewhere or doing this or doing that. And so everything was very, very ad hoc. Now it's like I get up in the morning um, you know, I, I work out and do all my other things. And then I get online and I check my email and I check my Slack and I kind of get my list for the day and, and figure out what meetings like, my day is much more structured <laughs> than it used to be. Is that good or bad? I don't know, but it's different. And it's definitely a habit I've, I've fallen into. And now I don't know that I would want to get out of that. And the other one you kind of mentioned already, and I just think this was just a natural progression of working remotely. I think a lot of us have upped our games, right? Like we already had the the good microphones for the podcast, but you know, now I've got lighting and I've got, you know, nice camera and I've got, you know, a lot of these other things to be much more presentable on video because that is such a huge portion of what I do now as well. So I think those are the two biggest things that have, yeah. have been new things for me. Yeah. I think the, the one thing I've, I've sort of done, cause I, I, I mean, you traveled a, a good amount. I traveled a crazy amount. I, you know, would tend to sort of pack everything else in my life that I, that wasn't work into the weekends. And now I, I just sort of find time during days or during the week. Like I don't, I don't have any, uh, guilt or whatever about being like, yeah, I got to get this thing done. It's not work, but I'm going to do it on two o'clock at two o'clock on a Tuesday because it just, you know, I don't want to push it off a week. I don't want to have to ruin my weekend doing whatever the heck it was. And right. I think that's the one thing is I've just sort of, I've, I've created this just, you know, I used to have very distinct lines between what was work and what was, you know, life. And, and now I've just decided like, I'm just going to blur them together and I have no problem sort of just doing non work stuff during what would people consider normal work hours because I don't even know what normal work more. Yeah. Well, and, and that, that'll kind of get to the core, core topic here of like, so how are you learning these days? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Uh, so, I mean, I, I feel like I, I I still do a lot of the same habits I had before, right? I'm still reading a lot of what's going on. I still listen to podcasts. I've, you know, I've picked up a few here and there and I've dropped a few here and there. And uh, that, the, the podcast learning has been a little more tricky because I think, um, you know, there are still a few that I'm, I'm sort of diehard to listen to and I, I learn a lot from. And there's others that maybe they don't come out as regularly as they did. And some other, I mean, cause there's a million, million new podcasts, right? Like celebrity stuff and sports stuff and whatever it is. And um, like 
that will distract you for an hour. And if you, you know, if you get wrapped up in that, um, I'm actually, I'm actually going to do this thing that, that you sent me over, right? I've, I've been, I've been wanting for a long time to sort of learn a, a programming language. Uh, I used to be very big into baseball. I used to play baseball and you sent me this thing of, you know, Python for, uh, analyzing baseball stats. So I, I'm, I'm going to try and combine this interest I have in, in learning something new with an actual interest I have, as opposed to being like, I'm just going to learn Java and then hope someday there'll be something useful. Now, now like you've given me something to be right. like, oh, I actually have a reason for wanting to deal with that. And my hope is, you know, there will be other useful things once I, I sort of get familiar with it. So uh, that's that's kind of how I'm doing it. But uh, I, I'm curious, you know, have you have you thought about it at all? Are you you know in a stage where you're trying to learn some stuff? Yeah, and and so I'm so it's it's interesting um, for me. Um, this has been all about, so, I mean, we hadn't talked about it at all on the podcast, but I'm in a new role in my company. And so a lot of my learning has been more around on that new role. Like it's still the same subject matter expert area, but it's a different part of the supply chain or the, in the organization. So I'm learning that. And I've been doing a lot of, of studying around that and there's a ton of information out. It's so I'm in product management now, and it's, it's actually surprising how, well done it is as a discipline. I mean, there's podcasts on it, there's YouTube videos on it. So um, a lot of my learning has been absorbing things specifically around the philosophy of product management. So that's one area. But then in the technical area, um, I, yeah, I admit I kind of got away from it and, and you know, go back to the craziness of, of life pre-COVID and then kind of dealing with COVID and, and all of the adjustments. I hadn't done a lot of learning in a while, I completely admit it. But I did the same, but I actually did this a, a couple weeks ago and just barely got started. But there is some Python stuff that's out there, but it's actually uh, Udemy courses. Okay. And the one it's called automate the boring stuff with Python. Um, <laughs> and I just thought that that was a little bit like you. I was like, that sounds really interesting to me. So I've been more uh, exploring Python as well, but in a different format than, you know, like we were joking before you record of like, hello world in Python. Like, you know, I'm, I, yeah, I, I mean, I have a computer science degree and, and it's, it can be really tedious at times. So I needed yeah, something yeah. fresh uh, to yeah. do that. Well, and the other thing I think, I, I mean, I think that the two biggest things for, for me as I'm thinking about this, if, if somebody said, Hey, what, you know, what, what would you recommend? Um, you know, I, I don't. I don't have a bias one way or the other. If you should learn stuff that's more, you know, kind of application and programming centric, or if you learn some stuff that's sort of cloud centric, right? Like there are great paths either way. Whatever's sort of interesting to you. I, I think the the biggest two tips I would give you is one, um, just block out time on your calendar. Like yep. literally put it on your calendar and call it whatever the heck you want. You know, you can call it learning or you can call it something that if your boss happens to have access to the calendar, they won't freak out about it. But like like you got to physically put it on your calendar, right? Like if you if you just hope that it'll happen, you, you know, other things will take up your time. And then the other one is you know, you and I have talked about this a million times and we've been lucky enough to have sponsors like CBT Nuggets and, and uh, you know, A-Cloud Guru and, and others. And the ability to get access to the stuff you need to learn is is 
so, so much easier than it used to be for us. Like we used to, I mean, we had tons of friends who used to build home labs. Like they literally would have something in a room that would, you know, heat up the room to a thousand degrees. They'd have to spend spend three or $4,000 on a few servers and a few with this, that, and the other. Like you don't even have to buy like raspberry pies. You don't have to find and script like the stuff that's online, I think is really, really good. And whether you're getting a certification, like you used to have a hundred of, or you're just like, I want to learn some stuff or even just like, I want to see if I even want to see if I want to learn this stuff. Like it is either free or cheap to do that. Like I can't recommend that enough. Yeah. I, I started going through, I didn't, uh, I, I got sidetracked, but I started going through as a couple months ago. Now the first AWS certification and I did the a cloud guru, um, and their virtual learning environment of like, cause it used to be, um, that you'd go through it and then it was like set up your own lab with your own accounts, but now they have it all set up and it's like a virtual sandbox that you play in that's theirs. And so even to see how far things like that have advanced. So if you maybe played with something like that before, um, and a lot of the, you know, the online learning, this is the new thing. So if you haven't taken a look recently, go take a look again, because if that has been a hurdle for you, it shouldn't be anymore. So that's another suggestion I would have as well. The online learning things have become very interactive. Yeah. Yeah. They're really good. They're both, like you said, they're easy to set up, but then they have, you know, they've got communities around it. They've got like live tutors and stuff like that. So yeah, totally, totally recommend that. And, and like I said, I can't, I can't, emphasize enough just block your own calendar right like yep. be 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 the master of your own domain and so forth um so so for our next topic like it's so funny we, we we've kind of become known at times for our crystal ball predictions um and sometimes we're right and sometimes we're horribly wrong but yeah. we're, at, we're at a weird stage right now of like some people want to go back to the office some people don't want to go back to the office yeah some people especially silicon valley people I mean, they have monster commutes and I mean, they may go back and maybe they don't have free lunches anymore. And now somebody's got to bring in, you know, this, the stinky fish and heat it up in the microwave or (laughs) whatever. Right. Like, what do you, what do you think is going to happen? And then let's weave into like, how do people learn? Yeah, I think so. Let's. All right, I'm, I'm going to start off by making a, a, a crazy prediction, and you know, like I, I'm crazy to predict this given where we are today. But like, let's suppose, let's suppose uh, by next spring, people are have the option to go back to an office, right? Like, assuming you know, there's not we're not on you know Delta variant four or something by then, and people haven't continued to do dumb stuff. But let's say that's an option. I, I think. I think that's the I think we're going to from whatever point that is. So let's say it's March of next year. I think we're going to have like a year of I don't want to say chaos, but we're going to have all sorts of experimentations that are going to happen in terms of well, do I have to come back 5 days? Do I have to come back 3 days? Well, I've been coming back 3 days and I feel like I'm really productive, but this other team, you know, like or my manager comes back in 5 and I feel like I need to be in front of them enough and, you know, oh, uh, you know, like, oh, they, they've offered me this perk if I don't commute. Like, we're going to go through a million different variations that customers, you know, companies are going to have and different teams are going to talk about success and failure and all that sort of stuff. Like, I think that's going to go on for a year. And, and, I, and I think we're getting to a pretty interesting place at the end of it, like a good place because companies have now 
figured out that I'm like, all right, I have all this technology we can use and I can, I can, you know, vary the offices and I can cut down on my lease space and all this stuff. But I think we're going to have a year of like chaos whenever it happens because nobody's going to know what the right thing to do is. And they're not prepared for, you know, the, the whole generation of folks that like to complain about everything. And they've now kind of gotten things the way they are. No offense to the young folks, but that's just <laughs> the way that they do stuff. I mean, it is what it is. Um, that's my, that's sort of my, my prediction, which is more about like going into the office than, you know, will people yeah. figure out ways to learn? Well, and I'm going to go the opposite way with, way with my prediction. I, I predict there's going to be a, um, a backlash. I shouldn't go well, backlash is a strong word, but I think there's going to be the pendulum is going to swing back, not because people want to go back to the office, but because the executives want that you got to be here to grind culture back. And, and especially in Silicon Valley, like it's, you know, if you're not here, you're not working. And if you're not eating lunch here and dinner here and, you know, it's all about FaceTime and, and, and let's be honest too. A lot of that was all complete bullshit. Anyway, it was just people being in the office because they felt like they had to be in the office and they weren't nearly as productive as everyone thought they were. (laughs) And so, so it'll be like, I feel like it's going to swing back really hard that way, but then it's going to swing back to your, to your point of like, it's going to swing back to something more, what everyone wants. And I don't, I think we're like a year away from returning and experimenting, but we're probably another year out from settling in to like, call it the dominant two or three models. Yeah. 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 I, I think the other thing, I think the other two things we're seeing, we're seeing, and we will see, you know, number one, you know, allegedly, uh, there is a, a crazy job market out there right now. Like this is a, a buyer's market, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, for mm-hmm. people shifting jobs and cloud jobs and all sorts of stuff. And, and, you know, I think, I think that's a result of right there, there are, there are points in time when, um, you know, people sort of smart people, people who have influence, look at the market and they go, if we really invest now, we can accelerate like crazy. Like, and so there's going to be a big, uh, you know, set of shifts and jobs and people paying more money and all that sort of stuff. Um, th- that's going to go on probably for a year or so now. I think the, the big opportunity for people aside from, you know, Hey, I got a call. I'm going to take some other job and getting a big salary. So this last year, everybody to a certain extent had quote unquote more free time because you weren't commuting, you weren't whatever that didn't necessarily tend to pan out because we were all trying to figure out like, how do you live under a pandemic and the politics of the world was crazy and he was spending time. And, but this next year, you know, now that you've adapted to whatever your, your new normal is like if you're not taking advantage of some sort of like, I'm going to force myself to learn to get ahead like this, there won't be another better time to, to do it than now. Um, and, and, and the, the tools are there for you, your ability to set your own schedule and be as flexible as you need to be. Mm, Sorry. Got a little cough in my throat. Um, is, is there's no better time to do that than now. In fact, if you don't do it in this next year, you're going to, you're going to kind of look back and kick yourself and be like that, you know, like this isn't going to happen again. Well, I shouldn't say that. Like we could get another pandemic, but like you probably won't get another opportunity like this one. Yeah. Like my, my, my gut feel. Yeah. And, and, and to your point, like take advantage of 
the change, take take advantage of the turmoil in just schedules and who has to be where and how things are done. Take advantage of that by setting aside time for yourself up front and hard blocking that time. And then the rest of the mindset just kind of goes around it from there. You know, the daily patterns and, and how work gets done. Um, pay yourself first, I guess, is yeah. the best way to, to look at it. Yeah, that might be the way to think about it. My, my parents yeah. used to say that when I first got my first job. They said, hey, pay yourself first, which basically meant put some things in savings. But in this case, it, it probably should be, you know, put some things in training. Yep. And, uh, you know, do it. The, the, the good news is it's, it's so cost effective to do it. Like yep. you can, you can do it. So, all right, man, we've, uh, we've, we've yipped and yapped for a long time here. Any, uh, any last thoughts before we wrap it up and, uh, take it home? Um, yeah, I, I would say the, the one last thought I'd have is in addition to, to taking that time, um, you know, the biggest thing that in talking to others um, about everything that's going on and working remotely and all of this, the, to your point, like we should have more free time. I feel like a lot of people have even less free time. And I think it's because of not having those clear cut lines between work and home um, because it tends to be the same place. Yep. So, so, you know, I would say create the buckets um, and it is a little bit of, you know, you have a certain amount of work time, you have a certain amount of home time and personal life and you have a certain amount of education time, you know, like make sure you have three buckets at a minimum and make sure you have some kind of work life balance because I do feel like, yeah, a lot of people working from home, they had to prove themselves or they had to be hyper focused or, or hyper available but we're, you know, we have to settle into this long haul. And I think a lot of people have done it well, but I do know some people that, that have not. And, you know, step back, think about this a little bit. And, and are you set up for, you know, we're not measuring this in months anymore. Like we just talked about, we, you know, we're probably going to measure this in another year. So are you setting yourself up for another year? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, if, if you're struggling, take care of yourself, uh, you know, ask for some help. Don't be afraid to ask for some help. Please don't take this as us telling you if you're, if you're having a hard time that you got to double down, uh, you know, it, find, find the right balance for yourself and, uh, and find some help if you need it one way or the other, whether it's in training or just, you know, getting yourself right. So, yep. Cool. Man, with that, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of wrap it up. Uh, folks, as always, Thanks for listening. Um, even uh, I was looking the other day. We uh, were in, I don't know, a hundred and some odd countries, and I and I was thinking like, there's a whole bunch of countries down at the bottom of the list that had one person listening, and I was like, boy, that one person is the cloud genius for that entire country. That's <laughs> you know, that's got to be pretty cool. Like, you, right. know, you probably have to fix everybody's computer and printer, but you are the one cloud genius for that that country, yes. and uh, we thank you for listening. So, with that, I'm going to wrap it up, and we will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media. 